What's up? Welcome to the Monday Morning Show. That's Ryan G. Money Hensley. I'm Grant Cohn. And it's it feels like the season is starting today. The first yeah. 11 weeks of the season were like kind of interesting, but sort of felt like we'd seen that show before. And now it's the rematch of the game that never really happened. The NFC Championship game last year. The Niners say that that game essentially didn't happen. And if it would have happened, they would have won. Eagles say quit crying. You know the Niners talked about this a lot. So... They talked about it during the Super Bowl. It was Debo, Brandon Ayuk, a lot of guys, Christian McCaffrey. That's not over with. Hassan Reddick just brought it back up. And after the game last night, he said, talk is cheap. They got some, they get to come back in the link. It was a lot of boo-hoos last year. A lot of crying, a lot of what if, a lot of this, a lot of that. They get a chance to come back in here, line that bleep up and prove it again. I mean, he didn't really take a cheap shot at the 49ers. He didn't say anything incorrect or disrespectful, but he, like, picked at the wound. He started yeah. the conversation again. And I think it's interesting. Do you think the Niners are going to someone, – someone's going to ask about it. What do, you, what do you think what Hassan Reddick said? Well, I mean, teams that have teams and players that have talked about the Niners haven't fared well this year, uh, right? We have uh, – what's, what's the guy's name on the damn – Steelers was talking trash. And then he oh, wasn't able Patrick to Peterson. Patrick Peterson, right? So I, I think like if, if I'm a player in the NFL, I'm not talking, especially about the Niners. They're a good team. And now the Niners did do a lot of talking themselves, but you know, the Eagles did too after the Super Bowl. They had a bunch of excuses and complaints and whines and cries as well. So they did. Yeah, I mean, I think it's natural. Uh, I think this game, man, I'm I can't wait for this game. This is the best game of the season. Um, maybe better than the Eagles and Chiefs game. Honestly, uh, just because of all the animosity, everything that's at stake, there's this game is going to be fantastic. I imagine it's going to be really chippy from the get go. Uh, a lot of retribution on the line for the 49ers. I like that he's talking. I think that's going to fire the 49ers up even more. Not that they really needed it. They got a lot of they got. A, they should have a huge chip on their shoulder after this game coming back against the Eagles. But I like that Hassan Reddick is is talking. Just a little bit more motivation for these Niners. Don't you think it's interesting that? The first Eagles player to talk crap this week is Hassan Reddick. Yeah. If we remember, he was the one who knocked out Purdy. He's the one who essentially ended the season for the 49ers. And the Niners all said, well, that play was fluky. And which is downplaying his con, you know, his impact. In addition, Niners never seemed like they took him seriously, calling that play, asking Tyler Croft to block Hassan Reddick like he's just any edge rusher. So I think it's kind of interesting. It's like you can downplay that win, but you're essentially downplaying Hassan Reddick again, which is why you lost that game. Because you didn't take him seriously. And now he's calling you out. What are you going to do? Are you going to like take him seriously and uh, make him look worse than he is? Or are you going to let him ruin your game again? I think that's interesting as Reddick. Did he have a sack against the Chiefs? I'm trying to remember because I what are there was a yes. statistic. He did, they right? Did. Yeah. So there's the, there was a statistic going around. I think I, me and you talked about it. We texted about it. I think Hassan Reddick's had like 20, what was it, like 27 sacks in the last 27 games or something like mm -hmm. that. Like he he's he makes sacks at the right time and he got one on Purdy and they put him out into the season for those guys, put Brock Purdy in the surgery room. I mean, that's got to be on the 49ers mind. It's got to be on Brock Purdy's mind uh, coming into this game and having Hassan Reddick talking, headed into it. 
just puts a little bit more fire under the butts of the 49ers. I cannot wait for this damn game, man. This is going to be a, a game of all games, man. I, I just cannot wait for it. I, it's interesting that the 49ers are favored. I'm I'm actually a little surprised about that. They're like one and a half points favored coming into this game, a way game in Philadelphia, going against a team that's 10 and one when they're eight and three. That's a little surprising, um, but I'm glad to hear the Vegas thinks we're going to win. I hope we are too. I, I, I conducted a poll, man, uh, on my Twitter and mostly Niner fans and probably a lot of homer takes. But I think like 62% of Niner fans think that the 49ers are going to win this game. And I think it's like, it's like 25% or 50-50. That's where I'm at kind of right now. I'm like 50-50, 60-40 Niners. Not really sure it's going to be a close game. And we'll see how as the week develops and we learn more things. There's a lot of injured players on the Eagles, which could play a part in this game they're beat up right now and the Niners are pretty damn healthy um but yeah man I love I, I like the trash talk keep doing it and I hope we get more out of it from the Eagles I suspect we'll hear a, a couple things from the Niners this week as well yeah I'm just interested to see Hassan Reddick versus Colton Kivitz it's going to be an interesting matchup yeah and last year the Niners were so fixated on trying to expose James Bradbury who's not that good and he can't cover Brandon IU but they to do so, they took they took for granted Hassan Reddick. And I wonder, I want to see how they attack him this week or at least prevent him from ruining the game because they do a good job against Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. They do a good job against Aaron Donald. When they face a defensive lineman who they really identify as a game wrecker, they yeah. essentially don't let him wreck the game. But I think the issue with Hassan Reddick is he was on the Cardinals. They didn't really respect him when he was in the division. He goes to the Eagles, and I think they still have the same idea of who he is. I don't know if they even look at him as an elite pass rusher now. He is. All you got to do is treat him with the same respect that you treat Michael Parsons, and you should be able to light this defense up. It's not a great defense. It gives up a lot of passing yards. But They're definitely, they're definitely going to be aware of Hassan Reddick this time around. That, that much we do know. They're not going to be sleeping on him at all this time. That much we do know. I, I can guarantee that. And the 49ers are good at getting the ball out quickly. Brock Purdy's really good at that. I think outside of maybe the Dolphins and Tua, I think Brock Purdy's second in that regard, I'm pretty sure, or close to it as far as getting the ball out quickly, and they're going to have to do that against the Eagles uh, this coming game. I, you know, the Niners they're, Niners and Eagles are both playing the best teams that they played this, so far this year. The Eagles are by far the best team the Niners have played, and I think it's vice versa. I think the Niners are the best team the Eagles have played. So they both need to be respectful of, of each other's strengths and but also capitalize on the weaknesses, and the Eagles do have a couple weaknesses. I don't think it's as simple as just getting the ball out quick, though, because that's the Jimmy Garoppolo offense. That's mm-hmm. the I'm terrified of my quarterback and offensive line. Let's just get the ball in Debo's hands and pray for the best. To me, what makes Brock better is that he's more willing to push the ball down the field than Jimmy ever was, and he yeah. takes full advantage of Brandon Ayuk, where Jimmy never was on the same page with him. And Brandon yeah. Ayuk, I mean, he's averaging like 14, 15 yards before the catch this year. Yeah. So if they can't block Hassan Reddick, then they can't get the ball to Brandon Ayuk where he's dangerous and they're not as good of an offense. So, I mean, I think a lot comes down to taking him seriously, giving Brock some time and letting Brandon Ayuk destroy a bunch of 30 year olds <laughs> in the second. That's an old secondary, man. He can make James Bradbury look ridiculous. Yeah. If they call I offensive think, holding, which they didn't last night. I'm, I'm going to say some of this for when we talk about the Eagles weakness, but I think uh, the, you're kind of hitting on it right now. That is the, the, the Eagles weakness. We're going to talk about that for sure. Yeah. We'll talk yeah. about it. I'll save it yeah. for that. Dave Barclay says, what up, Grant and Ryan G. Money again? What up, Dave yeah. Barclay? What's up, buddy? I feel like I know Dave. Yeah, Christian Ayala says, here's $2. Do you ever see Dirty Work? 
Dirty Work, Dirty Work. McDonald. It's one of my favorite yeah. comedies. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it costs about three hundred dollars. They, it's like they they they're like a revenge for hire business, and they just play stupid pranks on people. And so one prank they I don't know if it was a prank, but they got a couple of like homeless people to go into a government building and cause a scene, and they paid them two dollars, and they come back out and pay up, and the guy's like telling his whole life story, and he's like, and I don't I don't know where my life went wrong. It could have been when I was at my kid's soccer game, and Norm McDonald goes, "Here's your two dollars." Anyway, I'm gonna have to refresh myself on that one. I think I've seen here's I've your seen two dollars. I yeah. used to work at Blockbuster Video when I was like 20. And so I've seen oh, like really? every movie. Every movie before like 2000. I've seen it. Yes. All right. Yes. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says Surprise Vegas is bettering on SF. I think a lot of people like betting on the Niners. I don't think the money line necessarily reflects who's going to win. I think it it's trying to even out the bets. Mm. So there's an even amount on each side. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. People believe in the Niners. They've been beaten yeah. up on teams. Moises Rosales says, I'm conflicted whether Kyle will learn from his mistake blocking Reddick with a tight end. What do you think are some solutions? Play in the gun more, double team Reddick, possibly. I mean, they just they just got to have those hots ready and Brock's got to read them. But it, there is that is a concern of mine, right? I, I definitely think they're going to be respecting Reddick this time and they're not, Cross not obviously not going to be blocking him. Um, but if you watch the j breakdowns by JT O'Sullivan, he like he breaks down. The 49ers film excellently. And one of the things he's been talking about all year, if you watch those breakdowns, is they'll just be blown blocking assignments. Like mo a lot of Brock Purdy's sacks that he's taken are just straight blown blocking assignments. And he that's his biggest gripe in regards to Kyle Shannon and this offense. So I'm not sure whether it's Kyle or whether it's Brock or both and their ability to communicate or Brock's uh, ability to uh, call audibles in regards to the, the blocking assignments. <clears throat> but it's been a big problem, and I hope they figure it out before this Eagles game. And, I mean, they got to be respecting Hassan Reddick and, and that pass rush over there after what happened last year. I would hope. Yep. Ezio Sanchez says, Jake Elliott came through, and Eagles are now 10-1. and one. Moody failed, and we're 8-3. and three. Reversed those kicks. We're both tied 9-2 and two for first place in the NFC. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, Jake Elliott's good. That was a hell of a kick, man. One of the best kicks <laughs> I've seen. 59 yards in the rain. Like, I mean, I don't, that's not I don't, the first short kick we saw Moody miss. Like, that's Moody. He's got to prove he can hit. He hasn't proved he can make any field goal, like, under pressure. Has he? I don't know. Not yet. And that's one of my not hot really. takes for this game. It could come down to a Jake Moody field goal. Under Sunday. pressure. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Under mm. pressure for Moody. For Moody. <laughs> Merkin Avalo says, did you guys notice Ryan's went to Texans and got a quarterback? That's everything we wish Lance was. I did notice that. He just got the right quarterback, and the Panthers got the wrong quarterback, and that quarter and that coach got fired. But you know, he that quarter Stroud is uh, obviously Good. was an was the obvious pick, whereas Trey Lance was a gamble, I think, for everybody. Like you liked his upside, True. but he never had that history. Like Stroud, zero question to me. I before the season, I'm like, well, that's the best quarterback coming in. I the reason that people didn't that knocked him was purely because he went to Ohio State. Same with Mahomes at Texas Tech. I, gotta remember you know, there's always going to be an exception that's that dumb to me real honestly like it's the player it doesn't matter where you go to school yeah certain schools prepare you for this or that or or uh, it's just hard not to this notice that. that there's been so many successful quarterbacks at ohio state that didn't pan out that put up big numbers like cardiel jones uh dwayne haskins braxton miller like those guys put up huge numbers jt barrett but cj stroud he put up the numbers and he had the tape it was going to happen eventually he's really good I, 
I mean, you can find quarterbacks from every school that, you know, like so if you go through the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, there's no pattern there as like to what specific school they go to, right? Some no, pan out. They go to big schools, small schools, D1, right. D2. Yeah. Christian Ayalis is great. Should snag, uh, should we snag Marcus Peters? He was released. I don't know. Probably not. Older corner who has questionable effort at this point and is malcontent. Hmm. No. Zach Rivera says the key to this game, leave the statue alone. The Rocky statue. Yeah. Someone's going to mess with it. Mark Meza says, who's playing better right now, Purdy or Hurts? Uh, we're going to talk about that in two seconds. Wait, wait for it. Jason says, the runs they gave up last night up the middle makes me wonder if Mason will be unleashed. No. Oh, the answer is no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> okay, let's talk Jalen versus Brown. <clears throat> In a lot of ways, they're like opposites. One thing I've noticed real quick is that Brock is nails when he's winning, usually. And when he's losing, sometimes he can take some chances and turn the ball over. For whatever reason, Jalen Hurst is just atrocious when he's winning this year. His quarterback rating is like 65. But when he's losing, his quarterback rating is like 121. We saw it last night. When he's down, he turns into a superstar in the second half. I haven't seen a quarterback flip a switch like that since prime Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, what do you th see as the uh, similarities and differences between these two? Uh, I don't see a lot of similarities, to be honest. I think they're they're different. They're very different. They're they're both good for their offense that they run. Brock Purdy, statistically, if you look at him, he's dominating and, and better than Jalen Hurst statistically in almost every way. It's just as a passer, for sure. As a passer, right? Not a run game. percentage, yards everything. per attempt. QB rating, T ratio, yeah, everything. everything. So, yeah. He's dominating him. The biggest difference between those two is that Jalen Hurts has shown that in those situations, those clutch situations when they need him to orchestrate a comeback win and, and win the game for his team, he finds a way to do it every time. And Brock mm -hmm. Purdy has really not done that yet. And, and in those situations, yeah. he's um, not stepped up and done the opposite. Um, so Brock Purdy, if you look at his numbers, he's killing Jalen Hurts right now except for the most important thing, which is can you put the team on your back and, and guide them to a victory? And Jalen Hurts did it last night. I think you posted a statistic that shows he'd done it four times just this year. Um, getting Eight times in his career. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and so yeah. now that doesn't mean Brock Purdy can't do it. Uh, doesn't mean that at all. Or that he won't do it this Sunday. He might do it this right. Sunday. But I think if we're just being honest about what their strengths and weaknesses are, I think you want Brock Purdy to be your quarterback in quarters one through three. And you want Jalen Hurts to be your quarterback in the fourth. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you break it down in terms of skill set, you could say, I'd rather have a quarterback with Brock Purdy's skill set than Hurts' skill set because Purdy's just a superior passer. And a lot of what makes Jalen Hurts good is his rushing. I mean, he's 11 rushing touchdowns this year. That's the same amount as Christian McCaffrey. He's a goal linebacker as a quarterback, and he's so effective at that. But that's not really sustainable, and it's not really what you're looking for in a quarterback. And yeah, but what you really want in a quarterback beyond their skill set is what are they going to do with the game on the line in the fourth quarter? What are they going to do against the Chiefs when they're down 10 in the fourth quarter? What are they going to do? We know what Jalen Hurts right. is going to do. He's going to elevate his game most of the time and give the Eagles multiple chances to win. With Purdy, we don't know what he's going to do. We've had glimpses, and it hasn't been good. In fact, it's been kind of shockingly scary, some of these turnovers that he commits – with the game on the line in the fourth quarter when he's trailing by just a few points. We saw it against Minnesota and Cincinnati. So something that he has to prove.
that's the two biggest that's the biggest difference between these guys as far as their what sets them apart again i don't see much similarities in their game i, I like brock purdy in this offense way better than jalen hurt you would have to change the offense i think if you had jalen hurt mm -hmm. um on the 49ers so i think both quarterbacks are better for their situation better for their offense but like i said brock purdy he's got a tremendous opportunity this coming sunday if he can guide the 49ers uh, to a victory over the eagles especially after what happened last year and how he goes injured and how they lost the game. If he can do that, he has an opportunity to check another box this coming Sunday. And I hope he takes advantage of it. One of the things I think is so interesting about Hertz is that like one of the top, if you're doing a scouting report of Jalen Hertz, one of the top things in his strengths is the quarterback sneak. And you like yeah. laugh, but it's such a huge part of his game. Of his 11 rushing touchdowns, I'm sure a bunch of them are quarterback sneaks. You call that whatever, tush push or whatever they call that. It's so effective. It's such a big part of his game. And frankly, it's not something that Brock Purdy does super well. And that weapon, I think, is just one yard. But to be able to get, to be able to get one yard at will whenever you want it changes everything. And watching the Eagles, like th that, the fact that they can do that means on third and seven, they don't have to pass. They pass on like first and second down when you don't quite know. But anytime they're in a situation where you think they have to pass, nope. They can play for fourth down. They can go, they can run quarterback draw on third and six, get to fourth and one, and they're going to convert that. All because he's a quarterback sneak extraordinaire. Kind of interesting. If, if they got a yard and a half to go, you might as well. It, it, it's a first down. I think what what's their conversion rate? Like 95%? Something mm -hmm. really high like that. So, I mean, the Niners got to do a great job on first and second down to, to, to hold them to like three yards. Like you want them at least three and three, right? Third and three. You don't want them at third and two, third and one, or they're going to convert that. They have over and over again at 95% conversion rate. And I don't think the 49ers necessarily are going to be the team to stop that. We did see Fred Warner dive over the pile. Uh, I forget what game that was. He dove over the pile and jumped on the quarterback. Um, he, I mean, that's really the only alternative plan. But you saw the Eagles have – are, are going outside off of that too, right? They'll fake the, the, the tush push and then they'll have somebody come in motion and they'll go outside on people. So it, it's very hard play to stop. They got to be tremendous on, on first and second down. That's really going to be the key to stopping the Eagles on, on these long drives that they're able to sustain because of the tush push, which I hate saying, but yeah. I think it's one thing these two quarterbacks have in common is they're better when they get the ball out of their hands quickly. Like they're they're really good operating the systems on their team, and then when it's time to like make plays, they can do it, Hurts and Purdy. But I think like that's when they get into trouble. Like that's when they turn the ball over. That's when they try to do a little too much. Like they're good, but they're not Patrick Mahomes. And I think sometimes they think they are because they win all the freaking time. They have so much success, but when they get outside the pocket, they're good. But sometimes I think they try to do a little too much. And, and really, the issue with Hurts this year has been turnovers. He's been turning the ball over more than Purdy. And the way he's playing now, we saw it last night. He's going to give the Niners a few opportunities. If the Niners win this game, it could be because of turnovers. I you saw that. You, you know what? That pass, if, if you guys watched the game last night, the pass that Jalen Hurts threw is in the back of the end zone over two defenders. It actually reminded me of the pass that Purdy threw that Kyle said was like the worst decision he's ever made. It, it was yeah. that close. So yeah, they they're very similar in that regard where they have that gunslinger mentality where they want to put they want like you said they 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 got they want to be that Patrick Mahomes type player, and sometimes that can bite them in the butt. So far, it hasn't hurt Brock too often, but it has been hurting Jalen a little bit this year. But 
hey, they're 10 and one. So uh, it's not hurting them too bad. Uh, we're going to see, man. I just, I can't, honestly, I can't wait for this game. Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy, you know, their O-line versus RD line. There's so many matchups that I'm going to be watching. Uh, really looking forward to it, man. Man, that was a lot of hardcore football analysis. Let's uh, cleanse our palates with a little prize picks. There we go. You see what I'm saying? You see yeah. what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. So let's just, let's do, uh, let's do a little Monday night football. Mm-hmm. We got bear the the classic matchup of Bears and Vikings, Justin Fields and Josh Dobbs. Who's the better quarterback, Justin Fields or Joshua Dobbs? Dobbs, he is right. Yes, yeah. I mean, look, he, they're projecting more for him. So let's start with Dobbs, two thirty one and a half, more than or less than tonight. A little action. You know, you're the Bears, good at this game, by the way. Am I? Yeah, I should start betting my own money on this thing. Then mm-hmm. uh, you should. Yeah, I mean, going against the Bears defense Monday night, I don't know about the 231. I think that's a lot. I think Dobbs is the better quarterback. I don't know, man. This is tough. I think I would go I'm less. less. Easy yeah. less. Yeah. Okay, J- Justin Fields going against the Vikings. I'm going to say less. Yeah, I don't I think I'm not This is like easy, right? These, these guys yeah. don't. They, okay, so let's go to rush yards. How about Khalil Herbert? Khalil Herbert, 52. Yeah, I, I think if the Bears have a chance, that's what they need. So He's I don't good. know. Yeah, he I is like good. Khalil I, Herbert. I, I don't I don't have any confidence in the Bears in general, but I think if they have any chance of winning, and I don't think they're gonna win, but I think if they do, it's because Khalil Herbert gets over 52 and a half. I guess I would just say more. I would agree. Uh Alexander Madison, 43 and a half rushing yards. This is the I'm gonna say unexpected. I'm less, say yeah, less, yeah. I I like Madison as a change of pace back when they had Dalvin Cook, but now that he's gone, I don't feel the same way. Yeah. All right, let's agree. get let's do receptions. Jordan Addison, he's a good player. I thought he kind of cooked the Niners. Lightweight. Four, four receptions. I'm gonna say more than yeah. I think more. Let's do one more. Let's do like a. Uh, Good. Okay. The mm. Neil Hunter, 0.75 sacks. I'm gonna say above more than because uh, Justin Field gets sacked a lot. And he holds the ball forever. Yes. So I'm gonna go more. On All right. Let's recap what we put. What we took. Josh Dobbs, 231 and a half passing yards. Less than that because we're haters. Justin Fields, <laughs> 201 pat and a half passing yards. Less because we're super big haters. I mean, we're realistic. These teams don't pass the ball well. Khalil Herbert. 52 and a half rushing yards. We like them more. Alexander Madison, 43 and a half rushing yards. We're just big Vikings haters right now. Although Jordan Addison, four receptions. Yeah. We're taking the more. I think Jordan Addison is the reason Kenny Pickett got drafted in the first round. He was at Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, yeah, tra- yeah. transferred to USC. He's he might nice. be the reason that everyone liked the, what's his face? Uh, what's that new quarterback that everyone likes at USC, but they don't like as much anymore because he lost to UCLA? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Whatever. Right yeah, yeah yes. we forget his name because he doesn't have Jordan Addison anymore. And then Daniil Hunter, more than three quarters of a sack, placing entry. Yeah, he's getting definitely getting a sack at, or two. Remember, if you want to play, use my promo code Cone C O H N C O H N and get a hundred percent deposit match. So if you like, I just a twenty twenty dollar deposit. If you use promo code Cone and you did a twenty dollar deposit, it would just be forty, just like that. And I really would appreciate if you did it because I. Make a little Skrilla off it too. Don't, so don't they also like you don't have to win all of them to win, right? That's what's no, cool you about, don't. That's what's that's cool what's about cool about it too. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, holler at prize picks. All right, let's get back to the show. Uh, let's. What are some key matchup concerns between the Niners and the Eagles? So the biggest one to me, I'm thinking this is probably the biggest one for me. Uh, the concern is, can it's two sided really? Actually, it's just the trenches. Can can our defensive line be effective? I think we have the best defensive line in the NFL. Let me start with that. But can they be effective against the best O line in the NFL? Because if that that offensive line for the Eagles is able to slow down the pass rush of the 49ers at all, then now now these corners that have benefited from the quick pass rush of the 49ers have to cover guys like AJ Brown for longer periods of time. And that's my let's talk concern. about this. Yeah, let's stay right here. This is very interesting because didn't last night it seem like the Buffalo Bills pass rush was dictating for three quarters? Yes. Yes. It did. And I was thinking, well, okay, well, the Niners have a better pass rush than Buffalo, so the Niners are going to win. But then what happened? The Eagles are interesting. They're not like other teams. They stick with the run. They wear you down with their run game, and all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, Buffalo's gassed. Yeah. Totally gassed. Pass rush wasn't there. Run defense wasn't there. Eagles could do whatever they want because they're that kind of team. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they can do that to the Niners. Now, the Niners are built to – if they go eight deep on the D line, so may, maybe that maybe the Niners will withstand that. Yeah, one thing that's uh, benefiting the 49ers is right now, uh, Lane Johnson is uh, questionable with his groin, and so <laughs> questionable with his groin. So, but he he's injured, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if they're at full full strength uh, coming into this game. Both tight ends are also injured on the Eagles, which uh, also could hurt them in blocking scheme. And so Did that, you notice that the Eagles almost always run left, just like the Niners. Yeah, yeah. I had an epiphany. I feel like a lot of these teams think, you know, I just need one strong half of an offensive line because the Eagles and the Niners are two of the smartest organizations in the league. Why do they build it that way? If you think about it, if you only need to be strong at one side at the point of attack, you want to push people. They push with Mylotta, Dickerson, and Kelsey. The Niners push with Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, and Brendel. The right side of the offensive line is more for like cutbacks, jet sweeps, outside zone, finesse runs. You don't necessarily have to be super powerful on both sides. I don't know that either team is. Got to be powerful on one side and sort of good, quick enough on the other side. I thought it was interesting. Every time you see DeAndre Swift on the right of Jalen Hurts, you're like, oh, here comes a run on the left. But if he's on the left, you're thinking, mm, it's a pass. I mean, I think that's that's true in the run game. The big concern is in the passing game, like pass protection. Uh, can you can you hold up the defensive pass rush on both sides of the line? And uh, the Eagles are better at that if if healthy than the Niners are. And so that that's the biggest. Johnson. Right, exactly. I have some some numbers like uh, stopping the run. For, you know, the 49ers and Eagles defense are both tied for third in rushing touchdowns allowed with five. They only give up five rushing touchdowns against a run. Um, the five? 49ers only uh, five each. That's it. They've only allowed five rushing touchdowns, both of them. They're tied for okay. the 49ers allow four yards per carry, and the Eagles only allow 4.1, which puts them at 10th and 12th in the NFL. So against the run, both these teams have done uh, a pretty good job, 10th and 12th in yards per carry and third in rushing touchdowns allowed. It's the other side of the ball that is a concern. Like, are they able to buy their quarterback's time? Brock Purdy has had to work some magic, scrambling, being mobile, avoiding pass rush because of that right side of the 49ers offensive line, whereas Jalen Hurts has not had the same issue 
because he's being protected by a better offensive line against pass rush. One thing I think is interesting, the Eagles given up five rushing touchdowns this year. I mean, the Niners have 18 rushing touchdowns. It's a big part yeah. of what they do. When they get in close, yeah. they hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Only two teams have more rushing touchdowns than the Niners. And right. they can score through the air as well, but like if that's not going to work, if it's not going to be as simple as just hand off to McCaffrey to get the... Be interesting. Right. I mean, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are really big in the middle. It'd be tough to move them around and at the goal line. Yeah, and I and honestly, I think the Niners are going to give up one to Jalen Hurts, whether it's the uh, tush push or a draw on the goal line. Jalen is really good at scoring around uh, around the goal line. So I think you could see the Niners struggle a little bit more than usual uh, uh, trying to run the ball, and you could see uh, Jalen Hurts having success against the 49ers uh, run defense. So. Um, you know, I'm not really concerned about their running back as much as I am Jalen Hurts himself being able yeah. to run. Niners have, have shown problems like it's, it's been a problem stopping mobile quarterbacks, and Jalen Hurts can take off. Yeah, he can. We saw, I mean, he won last night on a quarterback draw. You got to be ready for that. Yeah. Um, also, the Eagles aren't very good at stopping runs to the offense's left, which doesn't bode well for them in this game yeah. because the Niners run to the left better than any team in the league. Yeah. 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 And I'm really looking forward to talking about. Their weakness, we'll get to that. I'm saving it in my arsenal, but the, the Eagles do have a, a glaring weakness, and it has nothing to do with the run, really. Uh, it's it's a big concern for the Eagles, and and does bode well for Brock Purdy and these 49ers. All right, let's. That's a nice little teaser. We're gonna hit some super chats, and we'll get to that. Anthony Adams says, "Can you please use QC and trick trick Kyle into using Mason this game? Also, when are you gonna give Ambry some love? I did give Ambry love. Shout out to Ambry Thomas for raising his game big time. Shout out to is it." Jonathan Bullocks, Daniel Daniel Bullocks, the DB coach, and Steve Wilkes, I believe, doing a great job. Uh, Ambry as well. They're, they're going to be tested this week. Ambry, like like I said, if the 49ers uh, pass rush doesn't get home as, as quick or as successfully as they have in the past because of this Eagles offensive line, that means guys like Ambry and Ward and D'Amador Lenore are going to have to hold up longer than they have in previous games, and this is going to be the biggest challenge for the pass rush. So it's going to be more on the corners. We'll see what Ambry's made of this week. Yes. Yeah, what's Ambry going to do against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? If I remember correctly, Ambry did – what did Ambry do against A.J. Brown two years ago when A.J. was on the Titans? Did he get cooked or did he do okay? Niners lost that game. Might have got cooked. A.J. Brown kind of destroyed the Niners last, last year. Month. Yeah, last, last year was a bad year for Ambry, so I I can't remember specifically, but I'm it was two years sure. ago. But yeah, resilient motto says juice 0.5 TD over under for Philly game. I'm gonna under. say under. NFL equals Niners for life says Niners defense. Can Niners defense contain Hurts from running? That's the question. That's gonna be a big yeah. key to this game. That's gonna be a yeah. big key to this game. I thought Josh Allen was a better runner than Jalen Hurts last night. Well, he so was Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen had a great game. I mean, outside of that interception, whole offense. He's yeah, a whole he, offense. He's yeah. been that way. Yeah, yeah. He's like a super Colin Kaepernick, like a super Cam Newton. I don't know if people remember how good those guys were in their prime. Yeah. yeah. Bazzy Mayan says, "Is fourth quarter comeback that important? Jimmy G and Mahomes have the same amount of fourth quarter comebacks wins according to Pro Football Reference website thirteen. Yeah, Is that really it's kind true. Of important." Jimmy G and Mahomes have the same amount of fourth quarter comebacks. I find that hard to believe. I, is that true? I mean, I trust you, Basim, but it doesn't seem accurate. I got, I, I definitely got a fact check that one. Maybe you're right. 
Um, but yeah, I think it, it is obviously important. That's what made Brady Brady, right? That's what made Peyton Manning. Made Joe Peyton Joe. Manning. I mean, Joe, yeah. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. ECO Sanchez says Marcus Peters expected to be cut. Thoughts. I think we had, we we're asking earlier. Probably getting cut for a reason. Yeah. I know they worked out a corner today. I forget the guy's name. Averett. Averett? Anthony Averett. Yeah. A lot younger. Yeah. And Barrett. They worked out last week. So I think they're more on that level, but we'll see. KOSZG says, while coming back from behind is important, I'd rather Brock do what he does well, and that's beat teams so bad he doesn't have to try to come back in the fourth quarter. Yeah, of course. It's always preferable to blow teams out than to play, than to play close games. I just feel like eventually, at the end of the line, you're going to be playing close, close games. I could be wrong. Maybe the Niners is going to blow every team out the rest of the way. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's some Niner teams in the past who were able to do that uh, and win Super Bowls, but – it's just not common. Like, and you get to the postseason, you get to the Super Bowl, you get to the NFC Championship game. You're gonna have some close games, and it, it's gonna be hopeful that Brock Purdy's able to pull those off. We just haven't I seen mean, it yet. Maybe he'll blow out the Eagles this week. Maybe they'll just blow out the Eagles this week. But that most likely, great. it'll be a close game. We might learn something. Moises Rosales says, "If we can run the ball, take our time on offense, and limit the Eagles' time of possession with that front four, I think people are overlooking time of possession." Okay. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Official BNA Music 88 official. There's a official. Niners have to be aggressive on first and second because Philly operates as if it's first and nine and will brother shove from midfield or better. Eagles O challenges conventional wisdom on down and distance. That's what I like most about them. Yeah. They that's time of possession right there. They're not kicking field goals. They're not punting. They're just relentless. Yeah. Under under two yards, they're going for it pretty much. Yard and a half, they're going for it every time. Jason says Niners have more depth at the D-line than anyone else, so I don't think they have to worry about getting gas. It's a good point. We're going to need to see good games from Randy Gregory, Kevin Givens, Javon Kinlaw, Cleland Farrell. they got to play well because there's going to be series where they're all on the field together. Kinlaw has Multiple. been. I, I do got to give it up to Kinlaw, man. He's been healthy all year, and he's playing pretty good. I mean, he's, he's not like an all-pro level player, but he's been doing his thing, man. It's good to see. Yeah, He did get flipped in the last game. That was That was on special teams, though. That was on special teams. That was on special teams. As a D tackle, he's been yeah. money. As a he has been good on that second unit. Yep. Yeah. Daza says the Eagles secondary looks beatable this year. BA and Kittle should have big games. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. It yeah. seemed like Darius Slay was just holding everyone, and he didn't get called for it. It's their biggest weakness. Chance zero nine nine says f the tush push pull a revenge of the nerds and uh, gag and step back let them fall on their face for the first down on national TV. Crying laughing. Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna work, but I like the I like the creativity. Resilient Modest says, Grant, can you do the juice motion? No, why? He wants you to burn calories. I don't want to make fun of Juice right now. Juice is a good player. I don't want to make fun of him, but thanks for the two dollars. <laughs> Pally says, seems like it's gonna rain in Philly on Sunday. That's another reason I'm not going. Is this a cause for concern for the Niners? Yes. Yeah, because the last time Brock Purdy played in the rain, he had his worst game ever. Yeah, and you saw how Josh Allen dealt with it. Right. That's just one of the benefits of having a, like a really strong arm, big quarterback like like Josh Allen. He, he dealt with it really well. Um, we haven't seen Brock be tested too much in those circumstances. I know it rained a little bit against what was it? the Who was it that it was raining against uh, for like a quarter? Uh, and he, he struggled. What game was that? Was that the Browns where it was raining? Ran for like yeah, second quarter. That's what I'm talking about. That's and that was like his work. Yeah. So he did struggle a little bit there. Um, I looked at the forecast. It looked like 30% chance as the last time I looked. So hopefully it's not too bad, but that is like, you know, one of the things we still need to see from Brock is how he deals with the elements. 
Niner Fanatic 77 says, I feel like this game is going to be a blowout either way. Yeah, um, it's interesting. The Niners are a team that starts fast. Eagles this year are a team that starts slow. They kind of run you down from behind. The Niners tend to put teams away early. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Kind of if you're spots. if you're Kyle Shanahan, do you uh, want to receive or kick first? I know he always wants to to kick first. Typically. That's a great question. I thought uh, they should have received last year in yeah. Philly. I thought that was a mistake. Yeah. This year though, the Eagles aren't starting as fast. You might want to kick. Yeah, I think there's a little differences. Like last year, I felt like the plan was to attack them in the run game, and it still may be. But that's not really what their weakness has been so far defensively. Nah, because so they don't have Javon Hargrave anymore. Niners do. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I, and that's another element too, right? Javon Hargrave going back home to Philadelphia. Hopefully mm -hmm. he plays a little motivated. Because honestly, I think Eric Armstead has played better than Javon Hargrave this year. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Brock Purdy going back to the site. That's a you know, big one. There's a lot down. at stake. I think we're going to talk about that, but there's a lot at stake and many, and it's honestly more, maybe more important than actual seeding. Uh, there's things mm -hmm. that are more important, I think, in this game than that. All day, every day, Kim says it's not just about quarterback comebacks. It's when the comebacks take place. Pat has done it on the biggest stage. They were down 14 nothing. I know this was a game winning drive. They were down 14 nothing yesterday to the, the Raiders. And it was just like, Raiders are going to get blown out. And then. And the biggest one that 49er fans know too well in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So Brooks says, I meant brotherly shove, tush push equals BCB level pause. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for reminding me not to say that on my channel because every time they say that on ESPN or wherever, I, I cringe. Like, I made a shirt that says tush pushers. Um, it has like a, a jacked up eagle and it, and it says, uh, cry, cry eagles cry. But it's only good that I made that shirt if they win. If not, I look like an, an ass hat for making that shirt. Oh, there you go. No, can't says Grant, please ask Kyle about wet ball practice. He doesn't do it. Question. He doesn't do it. Remember, he said he doesn't do it. That'll he be something to monitor practice. Yeah, give me the Eagles' weaknesses. What are you seeing? Eagles' weaknesses. I mean, it's obvious. You look at the numbers and you look at what Josh Allen was able to do. You look at all what all these quarterbacks are able to do. The, Sam Howell, Sam Howell. I mean, and Sam Howell, to his credit, I think he leads the NFL in passing yards. So he's been he's been cooking lightweight. <clears throat> but the Eagles. Dak, the Eagles' weakness is the against the pass. They are 31st in passing touchdowns allowed. They are the second worst team in the NFL in passing touchdowns allowed. 49ers have to capitalize on, on that. Brock Purdy has to come out throwing a Kittle and Ayuk. I think those are the two keys. Somebody mentioned it earlier, and that was my mentality coming into the show, what I wanted to talk about, because that is the key. If the 49ers can get aggressive in the passing game, attacking with Kittle and Ayuk, they're going to have a lot of success but Brock Purdy can't turn the ball over. As long as Brock Purdy doesn't turn the ball over, um, and he's done a good job overall this year not doing that, but if he doesn't turn the ball over, he gets the ball out somewhat quickly. The offensive line holds up enough to give him time or Brock buys time with his feet and his mobility, and he can find Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle downfield. The 49ers could have a lot of success in the passing game. They're 31st in passing touchdowns allowed. That is not good at all. That's the biggest glaring weakness for this Eagles team. Yeah, I mean, they don't they don't match up with George Kittle. They don't match up with Brandon Ayuk. They're a good tackling team, and they don't give up a lot of yards after the catch. So they match up well with Debo. Mm -hmm. But they can't stop runs to the offense's left, so they don't match up really well with Christian McCaffrey. So right. they can handle Debo, but 
since they have to think about three other guys before Debo, Debo could hurt him too. That defense is shaky. I mean, yeah, it looks like, yeah, I mean, the, the D-line's nice. The two corners are old, and they've had success. But, like, the linebackers and the safeties, and the Niners yeah. are all about throwing between the hashes, all about yeah. throwing the 15-yard pass over the middle. So it's like, I'm telling you, it's, Purdy should have a huge game. Huge. Yeah, Purdy should have a huge game. Ayuk, Ayuk is key, but honestly, more than Ayuk, I think it's Kittle and CMC in the passing game. Right? They're going to run CMC. Kyle's not going to go away from that. They're going to run him, and they might have success running to the left, but they've only given five rushing touchdowns. I think really where CMC is going to be most effective is in the passing game. So I think it's really going to be George Kittle's game and CMC's game in the passing game, in the passing attack. they got to be, find a way to be aggressive. And they are actually, you know, surprisingly, the Niners are fifth in explosive plays over 40-plus yards now. It, that wasn't always the case in the beginning of the season. They flipped that script. They got to be that same team. They got to be aggressive. They got to get some explosive plays. And I think it's going to come from George Kittle and his CMC and a, and a few from Ayuk. But like you said, I don't know if Debo is necessarily going to be, at least in the passing game. He might have some runs, some end arounds, things like that. But I really think it's Kittle and his CMC in the passing game that's going to exploit this Eagles defense. That's a matchup I want to bring up. Maybe I should have talked about in the previous uh, topic key matchup concerns, but last week you had Shavarius Ward shadowing DK Metcalf. Something yeah. they talked about before the game. He did it. He did it very well. It's like they the team went to him and was like, look, we're instead of playing you in off-zone coverage, we're counting on you. And Shavarius rose to the occasion. He was the hero. Now he has to, now there's AJ Brown. They're similar. They went to the same school. Are the Niners going to ask Shavarius Ward to do that again? Can he do to AJ Brown what he did to DK Metcalf, if I remember correctly, he did a pretty good job on A.J. Brown in the playoffs, although there were a couple penalties. That's a key matchup because I think statistically A.J. Brown is like the best wide receiver in the league against man-to-man coverage. If you play man, most teams don't have a corner physical enough to match up with him. That's what Shavarius Ward is. He was physical enough yeah. to match up with DK. So that's a big one. He, I think he's second in yards in the NFL after uh, Tyreek Hill yeah. as well, A.J. Brown. Yeah. He, he's having a hell of a season. Yes, they should have Shavarius Ward matchup. Match yeah, they should. But here's the thing. It only takes one or two. Like, even though he did great against Metcalf, I'm not taking anything away from Ward. There were a couple opportunities Metcalf had that were this close. Like, right, he stepped out of bounds like this much, and that would have been a big shot. The, the Eagles do take shots, kind of like how the Seahawks tried to do. And it only takes one or two missed plays for, the, for that to be effective. Ward had a great game, but there were a couple really close ones, right? Like, even the one where he jumped up and he it, it would have been a touchdown. To Metcalf and he and he knocked it away. If that ball is six inches further downfield, that's a touchdown as well. So you know, if Hertz is having a good day, it, it might become a problem. But the real thing for me is the 49ers pass rush against Seattle's offensive line. That's different than the 49ers pass rush against the Eagles offensive line. I keep talking about that because if you give Hertz a you know a half a second longer or or a quarter of a second longer because of that offensive line than these other teams that have been able to do against the 49ers pass rush. That means the Charverius Ward and Diamond Illinois, they got to hang with these receivers a little bit longer. And that could be a difference maker in this game. I'm hoping it's not, but that's one of the things I'm, I'm going to be watching for and looking for. You know, they, they, these 49ers DBs have had a couple good games in a row, but now they're going to get their biggest tests because they're going to have to do it longer. And these receivers are damn good, man. 
Well, I think a, a big thing's going to come down to Lane Johnson. Is he going to play? Because if he yeah. plays, then you're absolutely right. Ambry Thomas, Diamondo Lenore, Traverius Ward, you guys are getting tested. Uh, Jair Brown, too, like all of you guys. But if Lane Johnson doesn't play, you know Bosa's going to be on that backup right tackle all day. Yeah. That could ruin what I, that could totally, that would change the Eagles' game plan. They'd have to have a totally different game plan. That's a big one. I have no idea what's going to happen with. Lane Johnson. He's such an yeah. important... I mean, how many teams have a right tackle like that? None. None. Yeah. None. I mean, that, that's the key. If he's healthy, I have a feeling he's going to figure out a way to get healthy and be on that field. But is he going to be at 100%? I don't know. This 49ers pass rush is so good, though. Even against an elite offensive line like the Eagles have, I think they, they, they're still going to be effective. It's just to what degree can they not give up? You know, it's, it's only going to take a couple good plays or a turnover or two to make the difference in this game or a special teams play or two. That's how I see it playing out. <clears throat> so the 49ers defense pass rush has to be on their A game. Honestly, this whole game, traveling to Philadelphia in the weather, the 49ers have to play their best football in order to win this game. Whereas I think Eagles can maybe make a, a mistake or two and not be on point and, and still pull this off. Um, and, and not that I think the Eagles are better necessarily. I just think the situation kind of favors them a little bit. Another huge thing, too, that I don't think has been talked a lot about is the 49ers against the Seahawks. They only had three penalties. They're, they're leading the NFL in penalties, the 49ers. But against the Seahawks, I think they only had three. Hmm. They got to be on point with that as well this week. That's going to be humongous for the 49ers. They're going to have to be on their A game. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to have to watch their penalties. All of that is going to come into play. And then turnovers, as always in NFL games, is going to be humongous. Penalties are crazy too because I feel they're so subjective, and I think a lot of times the team that's better or has looked at as being more of an asset to the league or more of a uh, threat to go deep sort of gets the benefit of the doubt. Like last night, the Eagles got the benefit of the doubt on most of those calls. Yeah, it's a big deal, and it almost felt like the league was like, "All right, well, Philly's like our, they just beat Kansas City." They, I don't know what it was, but they got. The benefit of the doubt of the, with the whistle. I think the Niners do a lot of the times too. You can't touch Brock Purdy. You can't touch Christian McCaffrey. But against the Eagles, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. They you might they might flag the Niners twelve times against the Eagles. You got to be careful. That's a legit Super Bowl contender. You know, and the Niners can't let it come down to the referees or the whistle. They got to rise above that regardless. I I don't know if I buy into like the refs favor teams necessarily i think it happens but i don't think it's as common practice as a lot of fans like yeah. to think i don't know but they let yeah, darius Slade do whatever yesterday they did they did yeah but you know the niners got away with some against the seahawks too uh there was a couple of holdings i think ambry had a hold in the seahawks game i think it really what it boils down to is yes there are crooked refs i know that and uh, but I don't know if I buy the NFL is rigging things a certain way. I'm not trying to I say did. they're rigging things. I, maybe it's no, just I'm not saying you are. You're thinking like, man, yeah. this team is this better than this team? Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying you are, but I have seen a lot of 49er fans say that in Twitter, especially last night after watching that game. I just think it's a hard job being a ref. I would never want to be a ref. It is hard. I've done it in basketball a couple times when I need to need someone to fill in. It's thankless. It's it's thankless. hard. Like we're not perfect. We're not robots. No. You're going to miss stuff, you know? So yeah. you just got to make it as a team. You got to make sure you're not, it's not going to come down to one call by a referee. Ethan M says, I'm worried about Kyle. I'm worried Kyle will get in his head in this game. Uh, kind of like last time they played the Eagles and he didn't call that challenge on the first drive. 
Niner Fanatic 77 says, do you think uh, the narrative about Purdy changes this week if we get behind and he drives us down the field for the win? Critics silenced. Absolutely. I do. Yeah. I think that's one of the big opportunities Brock has this this week. If he can guide the 49ers <laughs> to beat the Eagles and, and he plays well, uh, right? If they win despite him, that's different. But if he plays well and they win because of his quarterback play, huge, huge bump up for Brock Purdy's stock. Can you confirm Fletcher uh, Cox pulled his groin? How do you want me to confirm that? <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. Examine it. No, but I heard he's – I don't think he is going to play. I think I heard that. So we'll see. It's mm. a long week, though. Nick Money Meyer says, hey, please go vote for my cousin Sam uh, – my cousin Cam Scadabo for ASU for the Paul Horning Award, most diverse college player ASU. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to your cousin, man. Shout out. All right, last topic. What's the stake for the Niners in this game? A lot. I mean, I think on the surface level, people think it's the seeding that is the most important. Maybe it is. But there's a lot more at stake than just the seeding. Like, if 49ers lose to the Eagles, I mean, even if they beat the Eagles, there's a good chance. Like, the thing is, the 49ers are going to have to meet the Eagles, most likely, I feel like, in the playoffs, again, in Philadelphia. I think that's a really likely outcome. So even if they lose this one, they got to win the next one. So this game is as important as it is. It's not as important as what happens in the playoff. But what's really at stake for the 49ers above all else to me is the confidence, the ego, the swagger. Like you went into the, the Eagles stadium last year, NFC championship game, and you got mopped, right? Brock Purdy was knocked out of Molly the game. Molly whopped. And Brock Purdy was knocked out of the game early. Josh Johnson so was, Josh was Johnson. knocked out of the game. Like they just dominated you. It ran for four touchdowns. They ran for four touchdowns. They, you know, and, and there was a conservative offense, right? They they were they had the lead. They knew there was Trent up. Williams so got in a fight. Trent Williams got in a fight, looked bad. Honestly, I know a lot of his fans are hyped about what he did, but that, that looked bad. That looked like you're getting your butt whooped and you're responding. They had to go to the Wildcat. They had point, to bring in Brock Purdy to hand off. They asked right. Christian McCaffrey to throw a pass. Yes. And so the Eagles bad. are the, the Eagles run the NFC right now until the Niners can knock them off. So that's what's at stake for the 49ers. But what's also at stake is for Brock Purdy, man. This is the team. You're going to be lined up. You're going to be behind center. You're going to be looking at Hassan Reddick, the guy that put you into surgery, the guy that hurt your UCL, uh, the guy that knocked you out of the game in the NFC Championship game. The Niners were talking a lot about, hey, if Brock Purdy was able to finish this game, they would have won that thing. They would have been in the Super Bowl. They could have been the Chiefs. You hear the fans saying it, the players saying it. All that has been said. Well, now, I mean, Hassan Reddick is right to a certain degree, right? Talk is cheap. Now it's time to prove it. And I hope they do because Nick Sirianni, is a, I don't, I'm not a fan of that guy. I don't. I, I hope, I, I want to see him lose to the Niners in their home stadium. Their fans are atrocious. I can't stand the Eagles fans as a Niner fan to get on my nerves. There's a lot at stake beyond just the seeding. I think seeding is obviously important for the 49ers, but it's the confidence. It's the swagger. It's backing up all the shit you've been talking for the last year. Can you can you put your money where your mouth is? Can you knock them off the throne? There's a lot at stake for the 49ers, a lot at stake for Brock Purdy, and I cannot wait for this game. Can you imagine how demoralizing it would be if they lose convincingly after yeah. all they talked, knowing that you lost last time, you lost this time, and now it's a – virtual certainty that to get to the Super Bowl, just to get there, you got to go back to Philly and beat them. And you don't know that you can. You told yourself you could. You went there. You had another opportunity, and you didn't. That would be really demoralizing. 
that's why I almost feel like they're going to win. Like, it just means so much to them. And I don't think it means as much to, to Philly. They're, they have a two-game lead on the Niners. If they lose the game, they'll be like, oh, well, we're still going to get you in the playoffs. We beat you last time in the playoffs. Like, yeah, we'll get you next time. They can have that kind of attitude if they lose. The Niners lose, I think, is devastating. It's kind of like with the Cowboys. It's kind of like the Cowboys and the Niners, right? Cowboys continue yeah. to get to get beat by the Niners. So, like, what what confidence did you have that you can actually beat the Niners in the playoff situation? Right. You, sh- you shouldn't have any. And if no. the Niners can't beat the Eagles this weekend, what kind of confidence are they going to have going into Philadelphia in the playoffs when it matters most? Now, if it's a close game, it, this could actually work in the 49ers' favor. Win or, win or lose, if it's a close game, going into Philadelphia, playing in those elements, playing in that situation, in that crowd, in that environment, going against the Eagles could be a good practice run for the 49ers in the playoffs. But if they get beat bad, that's going to kill like a lot of the confidence that this team has in themselves as well as the fans <laughs> in this team. Right? This is a big statement game. It's the most important game for the 49ers in a long time. I can't think of a more important regular season game than this one outside of maybe something for an NFC West championship. But besides that, man, this game is humongous. 49ers got to go in there and make a statement, put their money where the mouth is, back up all the talk that they've been putting out over the last year. It feels like the best rivalry in the NFL. Two teams in the yeah. same conference. I know Cowboys want to make it a rivalry, but they haven't really earned it. Maybe the Niners haven't earned it. But this, these two teams feel like the top two teams by far in the NFC. Maybe in the whole league. Yeah. And they don't like each other. They talk crap. It's going to be chippy, dude. It's Both coaches be. are kind of obnoxious, especially Sirianni. Sirianni's obnoxious. Especially Sirianni. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he makes yeah. me sick. Like, what do you did last uh, against the Chiefs? Like, that talking to the crowd. I've, I've never seen in the uh, tunnel I mean, though. You didn't even do it. Like, you were in. No one could hear you. I've seen AAU basketball. Like, because I coached basketball for ten years. I've seen like AAU basketball coaches with no kind of certification or training. Just guys that started their own AAU team have that kind of class and sportsmanship. But never have I seen an NFL professional head coach conduct himself in that manner. That is crazy to me. It's it reminds me of the Philadelphia Eagles fans. Maybe that's why I'm sure they like them in Philadelphia. But there's a level. There's like a code to professionalism professional sports to being a head coach on how you conduct yourself and Sirianni has not conducted himself in the way that you would expect from somebody at that level and I really you know outside of the the other selfish reasons as a 49ers fan why I hope the 49ers beat him that is one of the main reasons I want to see the Niners go in there and beat the Eagles just to humble that guy he as as a as a little brother he kind of reminds me of a little brother who like yeah. talks crap and then hides behind his big brother. You know what I mean? It's like, he does all this like smirking and posturing, but he doesn't play. And then all of his guys have to go out and back it up for him where he's just like sort of poking his yeah. chest out. It looks childish. Yeah. Yeah, it's it does. Childish. It looks childish it looks and unprofessional. Yeah. yeah. And if yeah. I'm the, if I'm, if I'm the head coach of the, or if I'm the owner of the Eagles, I'm talking to him after that one. Like, Hey man, we love what you're doing here. You're, doing a great job you got us a super bowl you're winning yeah but knock that shit off dude like what are you doing like this isn't you know a a 15 uau basketball team you're coaching here you're coaching a professional sports team in the nfl you got to conduct yourself a certain way all right let me let me put it this way though that's the eagles edge and it's kind of weak but the niners edge is them coming out to a boom box like they're boxing like that's kind of unprofessional too so, I mean, maybe kind of both of these teams have sort of 
an obnoxious quality that makes this particular rivalry juicy. If, if Kyle was coming out to the boombox, that'd be one thing, right? But the team, I don't mind. I can imagine. Can you imagine Kyle coming out dancing? It's to his that? culture, though. I feel it's like Sirianni. Culture, I feel like Sirianni would come out if, if the Eagles had a boombox. I feel like you would see Sirianni there dancing to the boombox. That's the kind of coach he is, man. I don't. I feel like Sirianni would. Sirianni wouldn't want it because he wants it to be all about him. And Kyle's like, lets the players be an extension. I mean, it's all about Kyle, but he. It's it's through his plays. Like Sirianni's like grabbing the the camera. Kyle doesn't do that. Yeah, he's do obnoxious. That. He's I like Kyle a lot better personality wise. Uh, and, and there's some things that per, Kyle lacks uh, from a personality standpoint that I would like to see different. But at least we don't have to deal with Sirianni or like a Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's like the opposite side of the Sirianni. Like he's obnoxious in a different way. Just, just I can't stand his personality. I do like Kyle better than those two coaches from a personality standpoint. Hey, we got to give Sirianni credit, though. He's won 27 of his last 29 games. Yeah. He's true. In, yeah. Yeah. In the regular season. And, and that person, says, oh, go ahead. That stuff rides, right? The, the personality and his behavior, it rides when you're winning. But when you, it, I mean, he's kind of like Jim Harbaugh energy, man. If you know what I mean? If he starts losing, though, then that stuff looks. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. it's been a minute. He hasn't. 27 to 29. It's true. It's true. I mean, not even Brock Purdy can do something like that. <laughs> Try to buy it, says Tush Push answer Fred and Greenlaw on the A gas with Trent Feliciano and Kinlaw pushing from behind. Fred and Dre grab Jalen's strongest O line, D line push thoughts. Well, they could the just, thing is, they just go outside. They just go outside on you if you if you yeah. build up too you much for it. Audible. Yeah. Jack Jackson says, remember, guys, the Eagles are bad against the run. You know Kyle loves CMC, so prepare for a big CMC game. I really enjoy you guys. Hard to listen to the kiss up. DL, keep up the good work. I don't know who you're talking about. But thank you, Jack Jackson. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, KOS. Yeah, but given Brock Purdy, how we got injured so quickly last year in Philly, I would imagine they're going to run. Didn't they beat this coach in 2021 in Philly? Yeah, wasn't the score like 11 to 8 in that game or something? Or like, I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah. It was a while ago. Uh, boxing fan says Sirianni is a clown with a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He stands on the sideline with his little beanie pulled over his eyebrows and trying to look so tough. I think mm -hmm. it's cute. I think it's really yeah. cute. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you. That's my. Comment on Nick Sirianni. That's the show. Monday yeah. morning show. It's all it is noon. Thank yeah. you for spending the morning with Ryan G. Hensley and me. Ryan had an early you, you do it every every morning at nine. Except Wednesdays, because you're on with stats. So I don't want to I'd rather watch than try to uh compete while you guys are on. But I but oh. normally I do Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. PDT every every day. I'm live. I'm close to 6K. I think I'm about 38 away. So if you're not subscribed, I'm I would definitely appreciate. Yeah, if you're not subscribed, subscribe right now. I just put a link to his uh, YouTube channel in the chat. It's through a tweet, but it'll get you there. And I, I, I in, in fact, I mandate, if you're watching the show right now, you have to go subscribe to Ryan's channel. Do it right now. Thank you. It's a rule. I appreciate it, man. You're not allowed to watch this, this show if you're not subscribed to Ryan. End of story. Get your morning started right. I, I try to start off. Block we, you. It, I won't block you if you don't subscribe. But we right. we try to start it off right, and then I end every show with a positive because I feel like in the mornings we kind of need a little positivity. Uh, there's enough negativity in the world, so please go subscribe. I like that. We'll get you I like your day started much. right. Yeah, sounds like a father right there. I like. Dazza says, 
I think putting pressure on Hurts will be huge as well. He fumbled in the Super Bowl, and again in the Bills game, Bills were pressuring Hurts. Holds the ball a long time, tries to do a lot. I agree. Just gotta, we just got to stop him from running, though. That's the thing. Got to be disciplined in the gaps. Uh, but Did one thing I think – go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, you. I just think one thing that's good about the 49ers' pass rush this year is that we're getting pressure up the middle, too. It's not just on the edges this year, right? Armstead's doing good. Hargrave's doing good. So that, that's going to help, I think. Did you notice Jalen Hurts was kind of pouting a lot during the game yesterday? I mean, it was it was a he's a he's a tremendous competitor, and they were losing for a while. It was frustrating. Jason Kelsey's false starts on that final, but like, did you notice that? I was wondering, like, what is that? I think it's got to be frustrating to watch your defense get cooked yeah. continuously. You got to go out like, damn, I got to go score again. I already put up thirty-one points. Wait, how many points do I got to score to win the game? So I think that probably is what we saw. Like, didn't Jake Elliott hit that fifty-nine yard kick and the camera panned to Jalen Hurts and he's like. I was like, dude, he just nailed a 59-yarder. What's going on? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, I said, but I do like Jalen Hurts' leadership overall, right? the things he said. I love Jalen Hurts as a player. I was yeah. just surprised to see that. It's the kind of thing we would talk about if it happened to the Diners. I don't yeah. really watch the Eagles all the time, and I wondered, is that something? He's probably that thinking, part of like, their team? How, how many points do I have to score to seal this game? You know, that's probably what he's thinking. It was frustrating. They had him, like, down there to, for the win, and then Jason Kelsey committed two f- Ball starts. It's like, what? Yeah. He almost lost the game, Jason. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to Ryan. Subscribe to me. Like the show. See you later. I'm going down to uh, Santa Clara. So I, I'll have to talk to Larry, see what he's doing. They're having a practice in an open locker room. You never know. You never know what could happen. So I'll be there. Never know. You never know. See you guys. You got to show up places. Things happen.